0: Self-sabotage is normal. If you have a human brain, you have the capacity for self-sabotage. It's okay. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the three-step solution to address self-sabotage so that you can get on and get over it and move on with your life so that self-sabotage doesn't bother you anymore. Ready? Let's get to it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello there, my friend. How are you today? Today, we are catching up on our self-sabotage part two episode. In the previous episode, we talked about what is self-sabotage? Why does it happen? uh, The four main categories of self-sabotage. So just as a quick recap, uh, self-sabotage is when part of you wants to lose weight and part of you doesn't. And that can feel really strange and confusing. And, and why does that happen? And the reason why that happens is because somewhere in the underlying subconscious part of your brain that means beneath your awareness, like Hagrid the crocodile, if you don't remember that story, go back to the other the previous episode. It's beneath your awareness there is a story that says it is not safe to lose weight for whatever reason, maybe for I don't deserve it. Maybe I'm afraid to fail. Maybe there's some sentence in your brain that you learned when you were small that has it making sense for your subconscious mind that it is not safe to lose weight when in fact your conscious mind is like, but I really would be happier if I did. Those four main categories uh, that self-sabotaging thoughts generally tend to fall into are low self-esteem. In other words, I don't deserve to feel good. I don't deserve success or fear of failure, fear of change or fear of success. All right, so let's talk about our part two of the self-sabotage series and basically what do we do about it. But before we get into that, do you remember the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin? He was on, I guess, the Discovery Channel, and he was known as the crocodile hunter. And he had this you know, infectious personality, and he was so fascinating to watch because he just loved dangerous animals, particularly crocodiles. What was really interesting about him was that he never wanted to destroy the animals. He, he always wanted to catch the crocodile and respect them, but also put them somewhere where they could be safe and live out their lives away from, you know, creating danger for humanity. And he actually had a wildlife conservation at a park in Australia where he would sometimes relocate some of the you know, most dangerous crocodiles to this wildlife conservation so that the crocodiles could live in peace and so could the human population of the area. I bring up that analogy because just like your self-sabotaging thoughts, you can't kill them. You you shouldn't try because it's normal that there are self-sabotaging thoughts are there for a reason. It's your brain trying to protect you. So if you're thinking to yourself, I wish I could just get over these self-sabotaging thoughts, it's time to to let that thought go. It's time to drop that because there is no getting over it. Our thoughts are going to have self-sabotage in nature to them. Because that is your brain trying to protect you. It is your brain doing what it is supposed to do. It is normal to be afraid of failing. It is normal to resist change. That's okay. So what we do instead, instead of saying, I want to get rid of those thoughts, we say, they're there. It's okay. And what can I do about it to use this to my advantage? How can I use these thoughts as a way to propel me towards the the success I am looking for? So how do we do that? It's a three-step process. Step one is have awareness of what your limiting belief and self-sabotaging thoughts are. Step two is redirect those thoughts towards a proactive positive thought that feels true and more aligned towards your goals. And step three is to practice those thoughts. So let's use an analogy. For example, there are some things that you choose to spend money on that are like a one time purchase, and you you put some thought into it, like a car or a piece of furniture, or you know, maybe even some a piece of clothing, you proactively decide I am going to spend money to buy this thing. And there are other things generally services that you have on auto payment. So maybe it's your streaming service, or your electric bill, or your phone bill or something like that, where it kind of just automatically gets deducted. You know, back in the day, magazine subscriptions were like this, where the magazine would just show up on your doorstep and it, it, the money was deducted from your account. And it's really easy to kind of forget about that. You know, memberships are another example of that where the money gets taken out and it, it's it happens kind of outside of your awareness. With If you don't cancel that account, the money just keeps getting pulled out month after month. And self-sabotaging thoughts can be a little bit like that. And changing self-sabotaging thoughts can be a little bit like that. So let's say you had an old subscription you had years ago, it's only like 10 or $15 a month. So you don't really notice it, you kind of forgot about it. But every month that $15 is coming out of your account. So if you wanted to change that, number one, you'd have to be aware that that $15 is coming out of your account every month. Uh, I don't know about you. But sometimes I've looked at my bank account and be like, we're still paying money for that thing. That happens. So you've got to be aware of it first. So that's step one in uh, addressing self-sabotage is recognizing what are the limiting beliefs? What are the self-sabotaging thoughts that are deducting money out of my account every single month without my even being aware of it? So step one is awareness. Step two is if imagine you've got this account that you want to then cancel, you want to stop that $15 coming out of your account every month. You got to go find the, the phone number for the service desk, or you got to find the email address. You got you to take some effort to redirect what happens, to change the action, to redirect where that money is going to go. Instead of it going to the subscription, you'd like it to stay in your bank account. So you've got to take action and, and change what is happening. That's our redirect routine. So in step two of the process of changing self-sabotaging thoughts is redirect those thoughts towards something that you want to have happen. And finally, step three, this is where our analogy kind of breaks down a little bit. But like imagine with the analogy that you call the company and said, I want to cancel the subscription. The company said, sure, no problem, we can cancel your account. But the way to do that is you need to call us every month, every day of every month, letting us know that you want to cancel the account. And for every time you call us, we'll remove $1 from the bill. And so that would obviously be very poor business practice. But in your brain's point of view, it is used to having this limiting belief, this, this, this limiting belief that's your self sabotaging thought is part of your identity It is what's worked in the past, it is what kept you alive to this point. And so it's very vested, your brain is very vested in continuing along that thought process. So if you want to change the thought process, you kind of kind of prove to your brain, hey, we're going to do things differently around here and you got to give it reps, repetitions, you got to practice. And so you got to practice your redirect routine over and over and over again, to the point where eventually your brain begins to feel like, oh, this is the new normal. I've been doing this new redirect thought for a long time now, maybe that can become my new normal and it takes time. So let's get into the details of those three steps and kind of exactly what is the nitty gritty of how we do that, all right? So step one is awareness. In order to interrupt the pattern of self-sabotage, you need to identify what is the limiting belief at the root cause of your, of your self-sabotaging behavior. So how do you find that out? If they're underneath the surface of your awareness, how do you know they're there? Or how do you know what they are? So the way to find out what your limiting belief or self-sabotaging thought might be is to get curious. Every time you have a slip up or an overeat, or you know something went off plan, you had a screw it moment, Reflect and just again, curiosity and compassion are so crucial here. But ask yourself, what happened? What triggered me to change my plan and do something different? What was the thought pattern underneath that? So, for example, let's say it's uh, you know Sunday night, and you're looking back on the weekend. You're like, oh God, I just I really slipped up over the weekend. I kind of I kind of blew it. I I regressed in my progress, and I I threw away a lot of the good work that I did during the week by my choices over the weekend. So you could use that as a moment to beat yourself up, or you could use that as a moment to look back and reflect and say, huh, why? I wonder what happened. Just to remember, a note about beating yourself up, that is counterproductive. Studies show that beating yourself up is less likely, less effective in getting you to change your behavior than self-compassion. So remember, be compassionate towards yourself. No beating yourself up allowed. All right. So you look back and you're compassionately curious and you're like, okay, so why? What? What is the sort of the sentence in my brain underneath the by behavior over the weekend? So maybe it could be something like, uh, I deserve it. Uh, I deserve a rest on the weekends. Or maybe it's something like, I'm too tired. Or maybe it's, we were so busy, I didn't get a chance to plan. Or maybe we all went out to eat and I didn't have a choice because that's, we went to get pizza. Whatever the thought is. Look underneath it and say, why, what is, what is the thought underneath it that is kind of giving me an excuse for why I went off plan? Then write it down. What was the trigger that made you change your plan? So for example, sometimes it's stress after a long day at work. Uh, One I struggle with in a big way is boredom. I, I hate being bored. (laughs) And so boredom eating is a real challenge for me. So maybe you ate because you were bored. Maybe you've been depriving yourself for three days in a row. And the fourth day, you just didn't have the willpower to keep it going. Um, Maybe you had a stressful encounter, like, you know, you got a difficult phone call or somebody criticized you, or maybe you had lack of sleep, or even, you know, good things can happen, you know, like it's a birthday party. And oh, but you know, maybe the underlying limiting belief around birthday parties is like, well, I have to eat the cake because otherwise someone's feelings will get hurt. Whatever it is, write down what that triggering event was. Next, write down the story in your head that was that was going on in that moment. What was happening? So here are some examples of potential thoughts that could have been going on. I've never been able to stick to something long term. So why bother trying? Or maybe a a thought could be, I want to be able to go out with my friends and family and enjoy myself without worrying about calories or carbs. Maybe another thought could be, I want to go out and lose weight, but the idea of going on a date again and getting putting myself out there kind of freaks me out. So if I lose weight, then I'll no longer have an excuse to not put myself out there. And here's one I hear all the time is I'm not ready to give up my favorite foods forever. I'm worried that I'll feel deprived. Whatever it is, whatever that belief underneath it is like, don't worry about judging it, just write it down. Then have a look at that thought. Look at it and say, is it true? Is it serving you? how does this thought keep you stuck? Then after you've had a chance to examine the thought and ask yourself how it's serving you and how it might be keeping you stuck, then ask what actions result from that thought? What what sort of results does that thought lead to? So do you end up with all or nothing thinking? For example, I already blew it, so I might as well go enjoy myself. Do you end up with punishing yourself the next day, either with your thoughts, you're beating yourself up, or even with your actions, like I have to work out an extra hour and a half because I ate too much this weekend. Or maybe are you resolving to kind of quote, be good tomorrow, but then you find yourself falling off again at dinner? What are the actions that almost like a waterfall effect that that, result from what you've been thinking? How do those thoughts inevitably kind of lead down the line towards various actions that could be self-sabotaging you? When you're looking at these thoughts, uh, I want to kind of put in a little disclaimer here that there are some sneaky self-sabotagers and self-sabotaging thoughts that are there's certain sentences that are more self-sabotaging than others. I want you to be on the lookout for. So watch out for statements like, I can't have X. So many diets out there give us this kind of thought. I can't have this kind of food or do not eat this. Uh, you know, Whatever the food is, you tell yourself, I can't have it. But when we tell ourselves I can't have X, Y, Z, that almost puts uh, us against ourselves. It creates a dichotomy in your brain. By telling yourself you can't have a certain type of food, you're setting yourself up for failure because you put yourself up against yourself. And no matter who wins, part of you loses. So when you tell yourself I can't have X, somebody, some part of you is going to lose either the part of you that wants it, but can't have it, or the part of you that ends up having it but says I shouldn't have. Words matter, the way you talk to yourself matters. So instead of saying I can't have XYZ food, try saying I choose not to have XYZ food. So for example, I choose not to have ice cream, I choose to have fruit instead, or I choose to eat birthday cake because I want to enjoy celebrating this special milestone and with my family. I'll be present in this moment and really taste it and not feel guilty about it. Because I'm present with it, I only need one piece to be satisfied. Or you could say, I choose not to eat ice cream at the restaurant because I know it won't feel so great in my body and I don't sleep so well after I have ice cream. So I'm choosing not to have it in the moment. One of those other sneaky sabotage thoughts, very similar to I can't have, is I have to. So a lot of times this comes out as I have to exercise or I have to watch what I'm eating. It's the same principle as I can't have XYZ. When you tell yourself you have to do something, that puts the agency and your control outside of yourself. It's making somebody something else in control of you. And we as humans like to have a sense of control about our lives. And so by telling yourself I have to XYZ, You play the role of victim in your own life. You get to write the story of your life. Do you want to be the victim of your life or the hero in your own story? So I encourage you, instead of saying, I have to exercise or I have to watch what I eat, try shifting that just a little bit. Again, words matter. Shift it to, I get to. So, for example, I get to exercise because I like the way I feel afterwards. Or I get to go for a walk because I appreciate that my legs work and I have the freedom to move. I get to eat salad at lunch because I like feeling lighter in my body. There are so many ways you can complete the sentence, I get to. And just shifting the words from I have to to I get to brings a sense of openness and potential and possibility. I remember doing this at work sometimes and it just, it gave me a sense of like, yeah, I'm choosing to do this, whatever the the task may be. So try filling in the sentence, I get to. With something that's more meaningful to you. And another sneaky sabotagey sentence that we all do from time to time is I should. Oh, the shoulds. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. These pro- crop up, and even if you're trying to be aware of them, it's amazing how times how often you can kind of catch yourself being like, oops, I'm shooting on myself again. The shoulds, of, you know, I should, X, Y, Z is really the same as the other two, <laughs> except it adds a nice passive-aggressive side heaping of guilt on the same at the same time which is not so awesome. So when you catch yourself thinking a should, uh, try shifting it to something that's more empowering. So again, instead of I should go to the gym, try saying I get to go to the gym, or I choose not to go to the gym because my body is feeling sore from yesterday. Another example is instead of saying I should set aside time to meal plan, try saying I get to save myself the hassle of having to decide later when I'm tired. So I choose to meal plan on Sundays at 1030 before I go to the grocery store. Another example could be instead of my mother shouldn't comment on what I eat, you could try saying, I choose to see my mother with compassion because she learned from her upbringing that looks are the only thing that matters. And that's her life. And I choose something different. Don't give yourself extra guilt and shame with the shoulds. Drop the shoulds. Drop the victim mindset and take agency by focusing on what you can control and put yourself in the driver's seat of your choices and therefore your life. And finally, the last sneaky sabotaging sentence is what if I dot, dot, dot. The what ifs are another version of the worries, only better because this time you can claim a little agency over them and over that disempowering thought by adding a little action to the end of it. Whenever you catch yourself thinking, what if I blank, 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 just add what you'll do in that situation if it comes up. So what if X happens? Then I will fill in the blank. So like, what if I gain back some of the weight? Then I will get back to meal planning. This gives you a sense of, again, a sense of control, a sense of agency. It allows you to claim your power instead of putting it outside of yourself and playing victim to your life. Okay? So That is step one, awareness. Be aware of the self-sabotaging thoughts that you're telling yourself secretly in your head. Bring them up from the depths of that pond where Hagrid is lurking. Bring them up from your subconscious where they're uh, not in your awareness and bring them into your awareness so that now you can choose what you want to think on purpose. Which brings us to step two, redirect. How do you tell yourself a better story? And ask yourself better questions so you get better results. All right, so we've become aware of the self-sabotaging thoughts. What do you do now? First, challenge the thought. Look for evidence that it might not be true. So earlier we said uh, a self-sabotaging thought can be, I'll never be able to stick to something long term. So why bother trying? Well, let's look for evidence. Have you figured out other things in the past? Maybe you raised a child. Maybe you finished school. Uh, did you complete a project at work? Or you've, you've, you've probably figured out things in the past. You have seen other people that have been successful at weight loss. You're smart. You're capable. If they can figure it out, you can too. So look for evidence that that self-sabotaging sentence might not be true. Another self-sabotaging sentence is, I want to be able to go out with my friends and enjoy myself without worrying about calories or carbs. You can still go out. Plan ahead. Create a plan for yourself that includes what you desire now, and what your future self in that moment will want, and then future you the day after, what are they going to feel, feel happy about, or what are they going to re- regret? What can, like the three versions of you sort of come together and compromise on for a plan? Again, look at the self-sabotaging thought and challenge it. Let's take one more. I'm not ready to give up my favorite foods forever. I'm worried I'll always feel deprived. Okay? Let's challenge that thought. Depriving yourself is not sustainable. Don't do it. You can absolutely learn to have your favorite foods in moderation. If you hate your life as you're losing weight, you will hate what it takes to keep that weight off. The destination feels like the journey. So you got to make sure the journey feels like something you can keep doing. So if you're not ready to give up your favorite foods forever, don't. Instead of asking yourself to give up your favorite foods, maybe you could try having them less often. Maybe you could try asking yourself, How much do I really love this food? Is it worth it to me? Maybe I could have half a portion. There's so many different levels of success between I have all of it, I have, I go overboard versus I have none of it. Ask yourself what is sustainable for you. Okay, so first step, we challenge that thought. Second step, proactively choose a more empowering thought. So you have this old story in your head. And we need to redirect it towards something that feels better, something that feels more empowering, something that you want to choose for yourself. So for example, the old thought is, I'll never, I've will never, i never been able to stick for something for a long term. So why bother trying? Maybe we can shift that to, I can figure things out. With every mistake, I'm learning. I'm getting closer to my goal. Maybe with the old thought is, I want to be able to go out with my friends and enjoy myself without worrying about calories or carbs. That can become... I can always find ways to enjoy myself and keep promises to myself at the same time. I've always got my own back. And again, maybe the old thought is, I'm not ready to give up my favorite foods forever. I'm worried I'll always feel deprived. That can be redirected towards, I can enjoy my favorite foods in ways that support me. There's always a way to shift that old thought towards a new empowering thought that feels true, but it is more empowering rather than disempowering. Make sure that new thought feels true. Next, use the old thought to your advantage. Remember when we talked about Steve Irwin and he he wasn't trying to kill the crocodiles. He was trying to move them somewhere else. You can't kill your old sabotaging thoughts, but you can use them to your advantage. Those old thoughts are going to come up. Having a negative thought is not evidence that you can't succeed. It is simply evidence that your brain is doing its job. It's trying to protect you. That's a good thing. Use that moment to your advantage. When the old thought comes up, instead of being like, oh no, this isn't working. Instead, think, hey, this is great. This is an opportunity for me to redirect towards my thought that I choose, towards my empowering thought that I want to have. Your old self-sabotaging thoughts, when those come up, because they will, it is normal. Those old thoughts are an invitation to remind yourself, I'm not talking to myself that way anymore. I'm going to choose what I want to think on purpose and choose to remind yourself of your redirect, more empowering thought. So here are some ideas for redirecting thoughts based on the four categories of self-sabotage. Here we go. So if low self-esteem is the category that kind of resonated for you, here are some ideas of thoughts that you could redirect towards. If I believed I could succeed, even if I don't believe it right now, what would I do next? Here's another one. What would someone who's already been successful do? Or what advice would my wise future self give me right now? If fear of failure is the self-sabotaging category that seems to resonate with you, try some of these thoughts instead. How can you look at failure as a gift? So, for example, what if each slip up is an invitation to learn about my triggers? What if each overeat is the roadmap to improvement? What if every time I fall off the wagon is actually a chance to practice the skill of getting right back on track? Hmm. If fear of change resonates with you, instead of worrying about how things will change, try asking, what if I could learn to like all new kinds of foods while not having to give up the ones I also love? What if that could be possible? What could I imagine myself eating in six months that I'm not ready to try today? Or what's a way that I could lose weight in a way that works for my whole family? How can I make this work for all of us? Or how might I learn to go out to eat and enjoy myself on vacation and still feel healthy? What are ways I could do that? Ask yourself a more empowering question. And finally, if fear of success is the category of self-sabotage that kind of resonates with you more. Instead of thinking about how your body isn't what you want it to be, look for what is right about you. In what ways can I love and appreciate this body at any weight? What life is this body giving me right now? What's right about me using all five of your senses, not just your eyes? What is going right with me today? It can be scary to let go of that weight when it's been built in to protect you. But when we build those walls to keep out rejection or vulnerability, we also keep out the good things, the good experiences, the good feelings. So maybe there was a time in your life when that self-sabotaging thought protected you and you needed it. And that's okay. Maybe you can look back on yourself with compassion and say, hey, maybe that story served me for a time, but it's not one I want to choose anymore. It's not one that I still need. I can be strong for myself now. Someone who believes they can lose weight looks for example of how it's possible. You can do this. Your brain is an incredible machine. And it will filter for whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for ways in which it is possible, that is what your brain will find. And finally, step three of the self-sabotage redirect routine is to practice. How many times in your life have you repeated that old limiting belief to yourself? How many years has that been going on in your brain? Probably a while. So it's gonna take some time for the new story to change it's going to take some some reps, some proactive conscious practice. Give yourself the grace to be terrible at this at first, no perfection allowed. Okay, it's going to take 10 times 100 times 200 times, every time you tell yourself a different story to create a different result. Even when you fail over and over, you're eventually telling your brain, I'm interested in a new pattern. I'm willing to put in the time and the effort to put that old pattern Bring it up from my subconscious and to purposely for create a new pattern. If it doesn't work right away, which it probably won't, that's okay. Practice telling yourself a new story. Ask better questions. This takes time and repetition. Be patient. Be willing to fail. It's called learning. Here's an analogy. When someone's trying to learn to surf, the first several hours of trying to learn to surf is a lot of wiping out. is a lot of falling down. And you could look at that as a whole bunch of failure. But actually, every wipeout is necessary because every wipeout is is a learning moment, is you're getting better. It just doesn't look like it on the outside, but you're learning every time. So every every fall, every fail, every time you try this redirect routine and it doesn't work, that's not failure. That is a learning step in the process. That is you figuring out how to stand up on your board and ride that wave. All right. So give yourself some patience to not get it the first time or the first hundred times. It's going to take some time. So, in part three of our self sabotage series, we're going to get into the seven most common self sabotaging thoughts. Real quickly, here they are. Number one, falling off the wagon. Number two, food labeling. Number three, I don't want to let food go to waste. Have you ever heard that one? Probably. Number four, worry. None of us do that, right? Number five, comparison. I've definitely found myself doing that once or twice. Number six, vanity. Hmm, that's an interesting one. And number seven, that hits home for a lot of us, is permission, giving us per- ourselves permission and to put ourselves first. That could be a tough one. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about those seven most common self-sabotaging thoughts. So remember, you're human. It is not your fault that you have these thoughts. It is just your brain trying to protect you and to. Get those self-sabotaging thoughts working for you. You gotta have awareness. You gotta redirect to something more empowering, and you gotta practice. So your one confident action step this week is, number one, choose one of the empowering thoughts that I mentioned today in the episode that resonates with you, or one that feels most true to you, and write it down on a note card. A, a sticky note, a three by five note card, and stick it in your pocket and carry that note around you through. carry that note with you throughout the day around with you. That's what I meant to say. Every time your hand brushes that note card, whether it's in your pocket, or you even had a client like pin it to the inside of her shirt. Let that little note be a reminder that you are programming your brain towards that redirect routine towards that redirect, more empowering thought that you want to have versus that old default sabotaging thought. Okay, give it a try. Just just for a week, two days. Put an empowering thought on a note card and put it in your pocket. And every time your hand brushes that, that note card, remember your empowering thought. See how it makes you feel. All right. That is what I've got for you today. I will talk to you next week for part three of our series on self-sabotage and what to do about it. And remember, love yourself because you can. So much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing, and I genuinely appreciate it. And I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbodycoach/slash/tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results, so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week, and until then, remember, you are a miracle.